Hey monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback is taking you on a nature walk with him today on the Armed Ape Podcast. And today is Saturday, it's the 10th of March 2012. Uh, before we jump in, let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact the show... You can do so a couple of different ways. We have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-APE1. 206-745-2731. Or if you'd like to record your own audio file, so a WAV file or a uh, MP3 and send that to me through email, or if you want me to just read your email out on the air, I'd be happy to do so. And that email address is thearmedape at gmail.com. Again, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Now, I realize, too, I've been a little remiss in giving my boy Ken his his shout-out. I want you to know, Ken, you're not forgotten. Think about you all the time. And uh, so we're sending out our good vibes and all that stuff to you. Also, um, usually I do some of the show recommendations a little bit later in the show, but... Ken is uh, the host of the Rimfire podcast, so if you have any interest in anything having to do with uh, Rimfires, I'd say go ahead and give uh, his show a listen. And if you do that now, you get the benefit of it of it coming from uh, Afghanistan, which is where he's at right now. Not sure how much longer he has over there, but uh, as you can tell. I said we're going on the nature walk. We are outside, and I'm going through some of the green belts. And I also realized that the show, it's a, uh, it's about a week late, isn't it? But I guess technically, technically, it's still uh, the week when it would be released. So unfortunately, I know you guys didn't get any content this last Sunday. But, uh, had sickness in the household. My wife and daughter were both sick. I actually think what happened to them is there's so much stuff kind of floating around here right now uh, that the, uh, the doctor, when we were talking to him, was saying, yeah, he said, we're seeing a lot of people, you know, there's just tons of stuff that's going around right now. There's like six different strains of junk that's, that's you know, floating around. So I think what happened with my, both my wife and daughter is they got sick, maybe with a common cold or something like that. And then what happened is, I'm getting too close to the road, I'm going to turn around. Uh, Then what happened is they came down with a, uh, with a stomach bug and they had like a touch of the stomach flu, which if you've ever had that, man, that's not something you want to have. And then on top of that, on uh, 
I think it was last Thursday, not this Thursday, but the um, Thursday last, we had the uh, the hot water heater went. It took a crap. So I'd walked out to the garage. I was putting like some screwdrivers back or something, and I noticed there was uh, water on the floor. And my wife had just gotten in maybe an hour or so before, and I said, uh-oh, looks like our hot water heater is down for the count. And I said, it's leaking on the floor. And the, at first, the damage didn't look bad at all. And she's like, yeah, I didn't see it when I came in, and I would have noticed it. So it must have just given way shortly after she came in, or maybe it gave way right as she was coming in. You know, and you just you can't tell when it first, when it first goes downhill. But uh, anyway, that water heater was about 10 years old. So we knew it was, it was going to be time for that thing to, to kind of take a crap. And uh, of course, you know, the old saying, when it rains, it pours. And I went to drain the tank, you know, to try and mitigate any damage or anything like that. And I thought, well, we can, I can turn off the inlet valve up at the top and, and uh, at least we'll have water. You know, we'll be able to flush the toilets and all this other stuff. Well, unfortunately, what had happened is that that valve had failed. And there's, most of those valves, are they're super simple. And the way that they're, it's very rare that they're going to fail. But of course, you know, when the builders are doing their houses and stuff, they, they go with the cheapest shit they can find. And a lot of times, the crews that they get, and especially, you know, at the time when, when our house was built, um, the economy was going good. There was kind of a big housing, uh, I don't want to say boom, but, you know, housing was real strong. There was lots of building going on. So you had lots of different companies and lots of different builders, and they would use maybe crews that weren't the, necessarily the best, but they were using who they could get type thing. So... I think when they did the plumbing, what can happen is if you heat the copper up too much uh, on those simple ball valves, they can kind of melt the fitting. And then what happens is it kind of melts. And I don't know if it sticks or if it makes it to where when you go to turn the handle, it just, uh, because the, the plastic inside has maybe sort of semi-welded to, uh, to the copper, if, you, if that makes sense. That when you turn the handle, you've got about a 50-50 chance of it'll either, the path of least resistance will either be where the plastic is sort of heated up and kind of bonded a little bit with the metal, or it's going to be where the path of least resistance is where the, the handle, the metal parts of the handle meet up with the plastic there, and that gives way. And I think that's what happened in my situation, is that stuff gave way. And, uh, so anyway, long story short, we had a lot of damage that was done because you would, um, a little bit of background. Out here in Arizona, code says if you have a gas, uh, hot water heater, it has to be 18 inches up off the ground. So if you have it in the garage, they'll usually build up like a little shelf and make a little cubby for it. And you would think that what they would do is they would angle it. Or do a little bit of a pitch or something like that to where if there was a leak, because these things are known to leak, when they give out the ghost, is that they would 
kind of angle it where it would go forward and maybe kind of drain down on the floor. Well, no such luck with this. And of course there was no pan or any type of uh, provision that was built in. There is now. I had, it, I, I had them put it in and I actually did kind of a, a redundancy thing with it. So anyway, the thing had leaked and by the time it was on the floor it had kind of soaked into the drywall all this other stuff so we did have some water damage and um, luckily I learned a lot of stuff from the uh, repair guys when they were out and I could you know a lot of times you think well do as much as you can on your own and be as uh, sort of self-sufficient as you can be but uh, you know a lot of times it's cheaper or quicker in the long run to hire a professional to come in and that's what we ended up doing and uh, the company we use, I mean, I was real super satisfied with them, was uh, George Brazil. And, uh, you know, I had done my research real quick, you know, when we were, I would made the call to them. And we'd had some uh, friends of ours and some family members that had some good luck with them. So I went ahead and used used those guys and was, was actually pretty happy with them. So uh, anyway, I learned a little bit about uh, water heaters and learned a little bit about a little bit more about uh, copper and soldering and all the stuff that you need to do uh, to make sure that the job is done right. So, uh, but I guess probably the point of this, or maybe some of the lesson learned of this is, out here where I live, uh, you know, I live out in the Phoenix area, out in Arizona, and water out here is very very precious commodity and you don't really realize that until you have to turn it off uh, and i'd mentioned earlier that that valve had failed so there was really no way without turning the house water off uh, that i was going to be able to just i couldn't just shut the tank off drain it and um and then just you know we, we'd have water in the house but it would just be cold water so you really wouldn't want to take a you know a you wouldn't, you'd have to take a cold shower. Uh, but you could still use the toilets and all this other stuff. But since that, at the time, the way I found out that the valve wasn't working is I, tr I started to drain the tank and it was just going and going and going. I'm like, nah, that's, this should have been done by now. And uh, sure enough, the valve wasn't working. And I ended up detaching the main line that comes out of the wall from the tank. And then my... Uh, some relatives of mine brought over a plug and we were able to just to plug up the end of the hose, you know, with the threaded end of it. And that way at least we could turn the water back on. And uh, luckily, I mean, again, luckily this stuff happened on a, uh, a Thursday. And so I was able to have actual people come out that, uh, that day, which was Friday, because I was able to uh, I called them early, and they were saying, yeah, we'll get somebody out there right away, and all this other stuff. So they came out, and, uh, of course, also, that Thursday, I think that Thursday, my daughter had gotten, like, sick at school, so I had to go get her. So I was home with her on a, on that Friday as well. Uh, so, really with her being there and sick, that really kind of precluded me being able to do a lot of the work. So again, but I mean, heck, even all things being equal, even with that stuff, I would have, 
I think I, I would have called in the professionals. There was just too much stuff. You, a lot of times you think, well, I'm pretty handy or I can do this or I can do that. But there's sometimes when you just got to say, well, it's better if I just call somebody in and have them take care of it for me. And, uh, and, there's, and then, you know, the reverse of that can be true. Sometimes you just may not have the money to be able to do that. Uh, and you may have to kind of grin and bear it a little bit. Uh, but anyway, uh, kind of getting back to what I really wanted to talk about today, which is the water thing. Is Water out here is very precious. And if there were ever a situation where, oh, I don't know, let's say somebody attacked the water plant or somebody... Uh, and either they attacked it by physically attacking the, the water treatment plants to where they couldn't treat the water and pump it out to you anymore. So let's say somebody sabotaged the equipment. Or somebody, uh, either through a chemical or some type of a biological agent, was able to contaminate the water supply. And they're telling you, look, we've tried to do everything we can, but don't drink the water. Or if you have to... Uh, you know, you have to boil it first. Well, most people aren't are going to immediately run to the store and buy up all the bottled water they can. So what will happen is you'll see all the bottled water will just disappear almost overnight. It'll, but the reality of it will be is it'll be about two or three days and there won't be anything. And, you know, the, the demand will be higher than the supply, so it's going to be very hard for you to be able to get something uh, but anyway in our case this was our disaster was very localized it was localized to our house and luckily I, I I thought well shoot if we have to turn the water off like if I wouldn't have been able to plug the plug the water heater to where it could it acts basically just as a like a spigot on your on your like a hose bib type thing if I hadn't been able to do that, you know, luckily we had we had actual fresh, clean drinking water stored. And uh, I think I told you guys before that I bought a couple of those 55-gallon drums, uh, the plastic ones, the blue ones, they're food grade. And uh, what you do is you buy that and then you also buy a... Uh, you buy a uh, like a siphon pump that you can pump to get the water out and uh, crossing the street here so you know I felt at that time I thought well heck we've got you know plenty of water if we had to stay here if we couldn't you know move or anything like that it wasn't going to be that big of a deal but uh, and you know the reality of it was is that since it was just sort of our house, uh, it wasn't. It wouldn't be that big a deal if we had to to, you know, go to my in-laws' house or something and crash there for the day, you know, until everything got uh, everything got all fixed back up again for us. But uh, you know, luckily for that, for us, that didn't. We didn't feel the need to do that. Uh, but I had been meaning to get a couple of those, uh, I think I talked about it before, the Aquatainers. They're made by Reliance, which is up in Canada. 
Uh, now, who knows? I mean, it says made in Canada and all this other stuff. And from all the research I could do, I do think everything is made in Canada. I don't think they're they're blown, you know, the, the plastic stuff is made in China and then shipped over here and they put a label on it that says made in Canada. I don't know if, if that was happening. I think they actually man, do manufacture it up there. Uh, so anyway, I was glad to see that those things are made in Canada. But anyway, they're a seven-gallon thing, which is like 27 and a half liters of, uh, uh, you know, the liter count for our metric friends that are listening. Uh, and you can stack them. The one thing I don't know, I've seen stuff where it says, yeah, you can stack them when they're empty. But that I've never, I haven't seen anything that says you can stack them when they're full. Although logically you would think if you didn't want them stacked when they were full, you would, you would just make it to where they wouldn't be able to be stacked at all. So I would think that you could be able to, to stack them when full. Uh, of course, being that they're the seven gallon things, water weighs what? eight some odd pounds something like that eight between eight and ten pounds i don't think it's quite ten but maybe like eight and a half pounds per gallon so 70 at seven gallons you're looking roughly at about 56 pounds and uh see that's why it's good to have a little even a little yippy yabby dog like that those dogs as you can hear are not gigantic shepherds or rottweilers or anything but i'm walking across the street from them and they're like hey 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 what are you doing hey hey so uh, dogs are a good thing to have anyway getting back to the water thing so i finally went out and i bought a couple of gallons of the a couple of gallons a couple of those containers the cheapest i was able to find them was at walmart um, I know some people don't want to shop at Walmart. I think I paid like $12.88 a piece for them. Um, the other, about the cheapest I could find it anywhere else, they were about 4 to $5 more per container. But if you if you thought, ah, you know, I'd rather buy them from, you know, some, some other place like Cabela's or... Um, REI or you know a sports chalet or something like that where you think oh you know it's better to support maybe a different store other than Walmart you know you can get them there but you're going to pay a little bit more um, also you could probably find them online maybe on sale a little bit cheaper but by the time you you add up shipping and stuff it's not you know it's going to be the same so anyway uh, I got those and I read online about them, and uh, I cleaned them here the other day, and uh, I've got them in water, and I'm doing kind of a leak test on them. That was some of the, about the only complaints, there was really kind of two complaints that people had that, uh, you know, when you would read the online reviews and stuff, and what they were saying was that the, uh, they were heavy because of what, of what they weigh, which would be around probably... Almost, uh, you know, full. Like I said, even if you said, oh, water weighs, you know, if you go, if you say even if, if it only weighed eight pounds a gallon, uh, you would still be looking at like at 56 pounds. So, 
they were saying, well, they're heavy and they may be, they're, they're not really as portable, you know, so maybe your wife or your kid couldn't lug them around because they're so heavy. Uh, the only other complaint some people had, and this wasn't, most people didn't have this. There's, you know, maybe four or five uh, at, the, at the tops that had it. They said that the seal, that they leaked a little bit, that if you, if you laid it on its side or put it down on its side to where the spigot would work, um, that, that uh, they didn't get a good seal. And a lot of times, you know, when you look at this stuff, it's, it's molded plastic. And uh, it's probably, like, blown in there. And what you have to do, a lot of times, there'll be little burrs or things like that. And I think a lot of these people, they buy this stuff and they expect it to be 100% perfect. And they don't have to do anything to it. And, you know, and there's very few things in life that are like that where you just sort of take it out of the box and it just works probably firearms are one of the only few things that kind of does that at least nowadays ones that are built nowadays but even those a lot of times you gotta you gotta be pretty careful with that kind of stuff and check them over and all that kind of jazz so but anyway uh, that was the case on one of mine is there was a few burrs that I needed to kind of clean off and make sure that it was a little better. And I, I did a test first. I I put it in there and then uh, put the water in there, put it on its side, and it seemed to do okay. And then I picked it up and uh, when I did that, of course, it, uh, maybe the pressure of it or something, I don't know. Anyway, I could see there was a little leak, and so I went out and I said, okay, let's take a look at this thing. And I looked how it went together and all that stuff, and I said, oh, okay, well, here's a little thing where there's there's extra plastic. And I was just got out my, uh, my um, box cutter, or little utility knife, as some people call them. Took that out, trimmed that thing up, put it back in there, and it worked fine. And uh, so a lot of times, you know, when you read these negative reviews online, you have to look at things. And sometimes it could be that maybe there's a little piece of debris or plastic that's that's laying across the uh, silicone or rubber seal that's in there. And uh, if you would just go in there and wipe it out or something, that would solve the problem. But either people are, I don't think it's people are too dumb to do that. I think it's just too lazy. And they're used to having everything done for them. So, anyway. Alright, well I'm back home and the nature walk is over. Now I do have one quick correction. I had said earlier that the Aquatainer, the 7-gallon, if you converted it over to liters, would be 27 and a half. It was actually 26, so it's actually one liter less. I I think I was focusing on uh, 7 gallons, and it just uh, came out wrong. But anyway, it's actually 26.5 liters. Now, they do make, I guess, one that's a 4-gallon container, but I like 
the seven gallon container because per person, and this would more or less be for, you know, an adult, uh, it gives that person a gallon of water per day to use for a full week. Also, even though they're kind of heavy, it really wouldn't take a lot to be able to transport those if you were storing them in your house to throw them in your vehicle and then head out if you had to leave. Uh, it does give you, again, it gives each person a full gallon of water to use per day for, you know, for seven days for a week. Now, there are some, you know, sites that say, oh, you need to have at least, you need to think of at least like two gallons, you know, if you're storing stuff for home, you know, per person. And I think I would kind of fall a little bit more in that category as far as you know, if you could store the extra, if you can, you might as well. But if all you could do, if all you had room was to be able to store uh, up to a gallon per person, uh, let's say if you're going to do, you know, two gallons per person, it would become prohibitive. Uh, but I think that most people, you know, when they think of what, what does it mean when you, when you talk about that one gallon per day? And some people believe, well, that means that's how much you have to drink every day in a, in a, survival situation or how much you should drink. Well, most of us don't drink a gallon of water in a day. Most of us don't in, take in a full gallon of liquid during the course of a day. Now, granted, I know most of us in this country uh, are walking around in a dehydrated state and we've just gotten used to it. Uh, however, having said that, I think a, a lot of times people forget that part of that gallon, uh, let's call it a ration, that 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 a one gallon ration of water that you're using is also going to some of it that is that is going to need to be used for cooking as well as for some hygiene and a lot of times people don't talk about that when they're talking about storing water or they kind of it slips their mind they kind of forget but if you were in a situation where their their water wasn't running or uh, like I talked about before, let's say there had been an attack on the treatment plants and they just can't get the water to you or the water is questionable. Even they're saying, yeah, it's, it's okay, but just go ahead and boil it. Well, you may not want to do that. Uh, and it may take you know them two or three days or it may take them a week or two weeks before they get that stuff. Uh, you know, the, they get everything kind of treated up and, and to where it's safe to drink again. And it's always good to have sort of that peace of mind to be able to say, okay, well, I've got I've got the water for my family, um, and you know, some people would say, well, why don't you just you could just leave, you could go to another town. Well, you may not be able to, you know, not everybody can just sort of pick up and leave. Also, I I didn't really take the time to describe what the containers look like. Now, on the website over at armdape.com, I'll have a link, and I think I think I have a link from a previous show, and I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head, but. I'll have a link uh, maybe to uh, to the Aquatainer just so you can take a look at it. But basically, it's kind of like a square. It's kind of like a cube container. The bottom of it is cut in such a way where you can stack them on top of the others. And it's got, the way that the spigot is, uh, you, you've got a vent, little vent cap on one side, at the, the, if you could call it like the back of the handle. And on in front of the handle is you have a, a larger cap and on the inside of that cap they have a spigot that screw there's a thread the, the middle of the cap is threaded and then the spigot screws into that and for storage you keep that um, on the inside so that would actually be down inside the tank and then if you were actually going to use it you just unscrew it uh, from the bottom of the lid and then it can fit on the front 
and then that goes back on the jug and then you can lay that on its side you just you know you tip it down and then the spigot is just like a regular kind of, kind of become, it would become kind of like a regular water cooler if you excuse my stuttering there for a second um, so anyway if we were going to do uh, you know, kind of a review on it. I haven't had them long term enough to really, I think, be able to do a full review. But just a uh, in the time that I've had them, I, you know, if I were to follow sort of my five points of uh, what is this thing designed to do? Well, it's designed to be a portable uh, water carrier, and it's also designed to be able to be a relatively ease of use uh, way to have to. to uh, to be a water dispenser as well. So how well does it do those things? So far from the test that I've done, it does it very, very well. Um, what are the cons of it? The only cons that I can really see uh, is that the um, there you may have to do a little bit of work to clean up some of the burrs to make it to where it's not leak-proof. Um, so what are some of the things I would like to see from the manufacturer? What are some improvements or modifications? One thing that they do uh, on the, uh, the hole where the spigot goes into on, on your main cap, when you buy it at the store, it's got a little red sticker that's over that, and that covers it up so it doesn't let any dust or anything like that get into it. And what I'd like to see is maybe some type of little cover that would come with it. And then I, you know, but uh, I don't know how practical that would be or, or what you would need to do. Um, the reason is is that when you're storing it, that part of the spigot is open to the air so it can get dust or debris can get down in there. However, having said that, probably the easiest thing to do would be to just take a little piece of, um, uh, you could either use like saran wrap or heck, you could even use aluminum foil and just kind of form it over there to where uh, all it does is it covers that. Uh, if or you can just you know if you're just doing it for storage just keep that sticker on there the problem is is once you start having to use it you're not going to be able to pull that sticker on and off because uh, it's going to lose its sticky but like i said it would be real easy to use uh, a little bit of like saran wrap and with a rubber band or even just a piece of cloth like a, a part of an old bandana or some old scrap cloth that you have and uh you could fold that around there and and uh and, and uh secure it with a rubber band or you could probably even just shove some cloth down in there a little bit of scrap cloth if you had it uh, what modifications would i make and if i did any did it make anything better i haven't really done any modifications to it at all except the only thing that i did was just kind of clean the burrs but i really wouldn't you know consider that a modification um uh, so i don't really think that i've done anything to it and the only thing, again, since I haven't had it long-term, the only thing that I don't know is if you can stack them once they're full. Uh, and it may be that you can stack, you know, one on top of another, so they only want you to stack, you know, one high. Uh, so I don't know if structurally, if the lower, if, if the lowest tank, so, uh, or if, if the lowest container, I guess I should say, if you had that stack, then you put one on top of that, and you put another one on top of that, and another one on top of that. I don't know if it's structurally strong enough to hold the weight of, uh, you know, basically another 150 pounds on it. Um, one thing that you could do if you were going to, if you wanted to have, let's say, four of them all in one place, 
is I don't think it would be very hard at all to take a couple of uh, maybe two by twos and um, some scrap plywood. And you could even, if you wanted, to, uh, you could go uh, maybe half inch plywood. And then you could basically just make kind of like a little mini cubicle or bookcase for it. Uh, and that would that would maybe alleviate some of that problem there if you wanted to keep everything kind of stacked, you know, for due to space. Um, rea realistically, though, they're not that big. Uh, so I think that you could easily store one, you know, in your closet. In the, uh, in the main bedroom, you could store one in a... Uh, um, like a linen closet on the bottom shelf. They don't take up that much room. You could actually probably put one in, in every room in your house if you wanted to, or in every, you know, uh, if you have a couple of kids, you know, you could put one in each of the kids' rooms, that type of thing. Uh, now, as far as treating the water, unless you filtered it and filtered everything out, um, you probably don't need to do any type of treatment to it. The people that I know that that work in the in the water field the water that's coming out of your tap is already treated and you can put those in there and store them in theory up to probably about two years now I'm, I'm sure some people will disagree with me but basically that stuff has already been treated so it's it's treated against like bacteria and stuff growing in there um, if like i said if you were using maybe reverse osmosis water or if you were using um water that you got maybe from a, a water and water and ice type place where they've had a lot of the stuff filtered out of it there may not be enough you that at that point you may want to treat it with something and it could be as simple as uh again for the seven gallons i'm not sure what the exact formula would be but um you can go online and you can look and find uh, per gallon of water how many drops of bleach you need to use uh, and you could just use regular household bleach again the unscented kind so it's just plain old bleach and you could put that in there and that would uh, once you once you do it to the right formula that's going to keep any type of bacterial growth out of there and of course there's uh, there's not any going to be any industrial stuff that's going to be hopefully coming out of your tap now some people out there would disagree but uh if you do, again, if you're just using your regular tap water, you could store it for probably for up to a couple of years and you would be fine. Um, it may, after uh, six months to a year, the water may taste a little flat or stale. Uh, so you may want to, uh, every six months, just clean it out. Just dump, dump the water out in your garden or, uh, you know, use it, try and use it for something else. Um, but take it out, clean clean out your container, you know, dump the water, let it dry, and then maybe put, uh, you know, a little bit of bleach in there and some water, a little solution, slosh it around, clean it, let it coat everything in there, uh, and, and clean everything up as best you can. Rinse it out really good a couple of times, fill it back up with that top, excuse me, the tap water, and then back in the closet it goes for another six months to a year. And I think if you did that, you'd be fine. All right, well, I was talking about the 55-gallon drums, and I have a little bit of a different maintenance schedule with that. Now, again, like I said, I live in Arizona. It gets really, really hot out here in the summertime. The jugs that we keep, the 55-gallon uh, the drums, excuse me, are usually kept out in the garage during the cool months of the year. And so right when it starts to get hot, what I'll do is I'll, I'll empty them out, I'll clean them, let them dry out, 
or I'll, I'll empty them out, let them dry out, clean them, let them fully dry out, and then I'll fill them up again. And when I uh, I bring them into the house and I keep them in there for about three, four months, and then I, I'll, I'll pull them out and put them back out in the garage again. So I'm usually really cleaning them about once a year. Um, and I've also got a uh, drinking water safe hose. So what I can do is I can fill them up partially with the hose and then I'll move them to where I'm, you know, where I'm going to have them. Um, because the hose won't reach from a faucet to, to, uh, to where I keep them stored in the house. Uh, so I'll fill them up partially because if you fill them up all the way, you're not moving it. Uh, they, they're so, so heavy, um, that it's, it's, they're, they're hard to do when they're full. Uh, so anyway, well, you know what? I think that's going to wrap it up for today. I think I've rambled on enough. So I will talk to you next time, my monkeys. Take care. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Oh,